0: Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to us, guys. Also, thanks for the feedback about uh, possible merchandise. I feel weird saying merch because I don't feel famous enough to be like, "Yeah, I got merch, bitch." But yeah, you know, true. we're thinking about making t-shirts. We got some positive feedback. We're cool yeah. with it. I mean, we'd like a little bit more feedback. You know? Yeah, if you're mainly interested, positive stuff. Yeah, tell us if you'd be into it. We're we're gonna push out like a couple of designs. It'll be fun. They're gonna be quirky and funny just like we are. Nothing too crazy. So if you're interested, like I said, just drop let us like know. a comment or like a DM. Give yeah. us an idea. What would you like on a t shirt? Yeah. My face or Stephanie's? <laughs> no faces will be on the t-shirt. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. So just thought I'd hit on that real quick. So this week we're gonna talk about some spooky stuff because this, my friends, is spooky season. It's our favorite time of the year. You know, people are like, I can't wait for Christmas. I can't wait for the Christmas lights. And I'm like, I can't wait for the skeleton." Yeah. I'm Honestly, like, this is a family tradition Yeah. to get past Labor Day. So you can put up fake spider webs <laughs> or real spider webs if you're lazy like me. Because you don't want to <laughs> knock them down. Uh, um, dude, let me tell you something about a spider web. Okay. Uh, you know, my bed has the, it's a canopy bed. You yeah. know, um, there was a spider web in the corner of the canopy bed. <laughs> Stephanie, it's open. You couldn't see it? No, I didn't see it at all. Trevor's like, how long has that spider been living there? Me and Brady are in a fight right now because in the game room, we know whatever. Yeah. There's a, I don't know what they're actually called, but we just call them like hobo spiders. little Tiny ones. Yeah. Has created a monstrosity of a web. (laughs) I mean, from wall to wall. Oh my God. And I'm not talking like two walls that are directly next to each other. I'm talking about this corner over here with the computer is diagonally yeah to the door well now you can't ruin it i mean i feel like no, he's invested in his he's entire life so fucking hard yeah birdie's like we, we just gonna leave it there because we're turning that room into the kids room right and i'm like it's a great theme you know <laughs> spider <laughs> it'll never be scared anyway i gotta knock it down eventually because it is about head height and i'm not tall <laughs> And that's the worst when you walk into a spider web and you're just like dealing with that all day. Like I, it's not like a quick, I've got this off me. No, you feel, you feel it. it all day. You, It's always all over you. And I, I can't kill a spider to save my life lately. I can't kill anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I kill a spider. A baby. I become baby. I try not to kill them. No, especially if they're like in my kitchen, like keep the gnats away, baby. Yeah. But though you know those hairy spiders that get on, get on you when you're in the river? What? You know what I'm talking about? Those big jumpy spiders are always around like what the has rocks and the on river. You? Like they're big. What are I they know I don't know what they're called. Man, but, but those spiders, mm
1: I mean, I don't want to them. hang
0: out with one. I don't want to meet you. mm There was one outside my house mm-mm. the other night. It was literally the size of our house. Was half he just sitting there and just being like, hey. That's what it felt like. It <laughs> wouldn't leave. Was he knocking? <laughs> no, I opened the door and I was like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, uh, somebody come take care of this bitch. <laughs> Because it's got a gun. It's got a gun. It was freaking huge. A knife. (laughs) It was just like. It was ready for battle. It was pointed towards the door. So obviously I felt like it was staring at me. Yeah. We were in a challenge. And (laughs) so so I I lost. Because I shut the door. (laughs) You know what's terrible? Winifred is a bug eater. Like it's bad. Okay. She goes out and she hunts for bugs. And she crunches them up. And if she sees one, it is like. You can't stop her. So, Cooper used to do that until he got attacked by hornets. And now, if a freaking fly buzzes his butt, he's got to come up under my ass. (laughs) And he's 100 pounds, guys. He's a huge shock. Yeah. And I have to take him inside. He has to have an escort. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a hornet is painful. So, I get that. Well, he bit it. What did he think was going to happen? Anyway. It's spooky season. Drop your, you know, your comments about how much you love Halloween. If you don't like it, then don't talk about it. So, (laughs) So, yeah. If you don't like it, please just don't ruin our fun because it's our favorite. We really like Christmas, too. This is just top tier. Yeah. Halloween's just where it's at. Yeah. I mean, you can be weird and creepy right now and no one's judging you. Yeah. It's just like, it's the season. Yeah. They're like, oh, your house is black. That's so cool. You did that for Halloween. And I'm like, "Yeah. yeah. Yeah. That's why every woman in here is black for halloween I christmas comes we paint it red yeah we do the whole thing honestly if i did that nobody would th- bat an eye if you did it yeah because i'm you know stephanie repaints her house every other day and it's just really it's mental illness i don't understand how trevor lives in here uh i don't really think he pays much attention to what's happening around him <laughs> so- i think <laughs> it's just like as long as you leave him alone he's yeah cool. he's fine yeah i'm not making him do it then he's okay <laughs> i hate painting i don't mind it. Anyway, let's get into it. What are we talking about today? this spoopy season episode. This episode is vampires. The vampire. Okay. Yeah. Like it? Yeah. It was great. Okay. Uh, So, obviously, we have not talked about a vampire yet. No. And when I came up with the next 17 topics... Yeah, she was like... Dude, I really, like, nailed these bitches out. Like, I was, like, prepared. Who are we? It's never happened. Who are we? Who am I? Truth. I just was like, how are we not talked about this. The only thing I regret doing is already talking about werewolves because we missed a prime opportunity. We did. We but did. if you would like to revisit, it's one of the first episodes and it, it is, is our a- very first. Is it the our, very first? Yes, it's our maiden voyage into the podcast realm. See, I don't know who I am because I should know that yeah. as a sister. You should. Um. Anyway, revisit it, because it's Halloween time and, and everybody fun. loves a good werewolf. Yeah, any of those creature episodes and you want to get a little bit of spookiness? yeah go back and listen but this the vampires is an oldie it's a goodie yeah and uh everybody, i mean, it took our nation by storm when we were in high school like the whole twilight situation oh no i think it really kicked off with Anne rice personally. oh yeah, yeah yeah. so it kind of like in the 90s because everybody yeah. was into that grunge look and then blade you know? yeah mm. so i guess it's always really been let's just be honest I love vampires. I do too. The I idea love. of the vampire. Yes. Even a crazy, creepy, scary one. Yeah, is I'm into so it. It's so wild. It's fun. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. Fun, yes. scary. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can't. I love her. Top you know? tier. Watch it now. Yeah. Every, I mean, I've watched it too many times. I'm a little embarrassed to say the number of times on here. <laughs> Yes, Buffy, but it's iconic. And when you watch one of those typical vampire TV shows, it just gives you all the good feels. You know? And they're just, they're good. You yeah. know, you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, we're going to get into this, but we're having a hard time getting the, the layout of the episode. So, if it's a little scatterbrained, you should be used to it. Would, yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> if you've been listening to The Sisters, you know it's just willy-nilly up in here. So... When you think of a vampire, obviously you think of, like we said, like an Anne Rice character or even Twilight. Not mm-hmm. me personally, because the sparkly skin was never really my thing. No, it wasn't my thing. I love the books, though. You yeah, know, the books I was were good. I love the books. And then you watch the movie and it was like, what? I think they... But picked, you know what? I'll sit down and I'll watch it. So oh, I, I can't. Still watch it. Like, I can't, I'm not dogging it. No, I can't. I so. can't not watch it. It starts raining. And it's like... Ah, 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 ah know it girl you know it uh, you like, know we were going Twilight. to those, those midnight showings we did it we went we were the. we had the t-shirts bitch like, <laughs> we, did. we did we did um anyway <laughs> i'm so glad i'm designed. really embarrassed <laughs> no you should own that that was so good um i wish i was a better singer also <laughs> so uh when you think of it you think of like the traditional like beautiful beautiful creature they like lure you in mm-hmm. just you know kind of like a mermaid versus a siren yeah Okay, but vampires should not start out this way, guys. I'm going to talk about the vampire myth real quick. So Mm-mm. folks have offered many theories of, like, the origin of a vampire belief and, like, all that jazz. You know, it's really broken down to mass hysteria. I get that. Like, 90% of our world. Yeah. So they think, so, like, when you think of a vampire, you know, it's like they come to suck your blood. They seek you out. But back in the day, you didn't have to do anything. You just dead in the ground and you a vampire. Mm-hmm. So, premature burial to like not just like not knowing the like we decompose when we die, right? Is a lot to do with the origins of the vampire myth. Yeah. Stick with it. Yeah. So, a guy named Arthur Paul Barber stated that the belief in vampires resulted from people of pre industrial societies, right? So, they were attempting to explain the natural but to them it was like completely supernatural yeah it was supernatural but it was just the process of death and decomp right so people sometimes suspected vampirism when a a cadaver did not look as they thought it should like swelling or receding of gums or Or just like anything like you know sometimes you would like i don't know why they were like gaunt no, why were they digging people up back then? We didn't really get into that. But, like, they, they bury them and then, like, bring them back up. And they're like, oh, it looks different. Hmm, interesting. Like, at, maybe they're, like, investigating. Because at this point in time, we started doing autopsies. Yeah. And just, like, I mean, we've always done autopsies. But we're just, like. Exploring. You know. I mean, really. Let's be real. We're poking around things we shouldn't be poking around. Yeah. But it's all in the name of medicine. Mm-hmm. So, rates of decomp obviously vary depending on, like, where you live, climate, yeah. soil, mm-hmm. bugs. Mm-hmm. So, all of these things, like, it's the stupidest thing. Like, an ant could fart at you, and you're going to decompose a little different. Yeah. This is the main thing, that I think, that really led to the theory or the myth of vampirism is decomposition. Mm-hmm. As we, I don't know if y'all know this, but when you die, you got about, I don't know. Not long. Rigor mortis sets in pretty quick. Yeah, what is it, a couple hours, if that? Yeah. I mean, depending on, like, if you're in a cold house, mm-hmm. you probably won't stink as fast. Yeah. But I think you got, like, a good 12 hours before stuff starts really happening. Right. right. Cell death happens immediately. Yes. So immediately. that's As soon happening. as you stop circulating blood, your yes. tissue starts dying. Yes. As we all know, corpses swell. Yes. And gases from decomp accumulate in your torso. And it increases the pressure and forces bodily fluids, most likely blood, to ooze from your orifices, like your nose, your mouth, your ears, your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, you shit yourself. Right. Everything gets cleaned out. Yeah. So it's not real great for those people that have to find a yes. four-day-old body. Yes. So this made people think that the body was plump and well fed and ruddy like because most people were so skinny back then even think about so they're like oh my god girl looks fantastic smells like ass but fantastic i did not even think about that and obviously your blood is gone so you're even paler than before right and you have blood around your mouth and your nose it looks like you've been feeding Oh, my goodness. And let's be real. There's no, like, natural, like, we didn't have electricity. So, they're not digging these people up at night. Right. So, they're seeing these people during the day, which makes them think, oh, they're doing this at night. Right. Because we're here right now, and they're asleep. Right. So, these changes just were so striking that they're like, this bitch is a vampire. Yeah. We better Well, they're trying to rationalize what they're seeing, and they had no other... This is a vampire. You know. So... In uh, one case, an old woman was exhumed and uh, judged by her neighbors to look more plump and healthy than she had ever looked in her entire life. So, the exuding blood, which means, you know, the blood around her mouth and stuff, gave the impression that she had been eating and been engaging in vampiric activity. So, darkening of the skin is also caused by decomposition. And, it, like, sometimes I guess it happens around your eyeballs. Yeah. So, the in this time... You know they thought you know vampires were scary. they were these creatures that crawl out of the grave and then crawl back in, and they look terrifying because yeah. you know it's a dead body, yes, and they just look nuts, mm-hmm. so this is not the pretty vampire you're thinking of. this is like a, a zombie meets vampire ghoul, yeah, I would think more ghoul, yeah, so. The staking of a swollen, decomp- uh, decomposing body could be the cause, you know, the, the c- cause the body to bleed and force out all this stuff. So it also causes you to make weird sounds. Yes. So you're like gurgling and just like, you know, like Thanksgiving yeah. dinner just happened. Yeah. The gases. There's a lot of weird gases going on. So th- they can also have gases that move past your vocal cords. Ooh, weird. That make you speak stop get out of here so they're like oh someone's down there talking randy mama ain't dead so that creeps me out so this is when they would dig you up because they thought everybody was getting buried alive back then well they didn't know they didn't know to check yeah so they're like fuck she's still alive yeah let's dig her up and then they see this with her receded gums and her longer teeth, because her gums have receded, to sure. show more of her teeth. Yeah, her It looks like her nails have grown, but really your skin has receded. Mm-hmm. So it looks like your nails have grown. And they're like, holy shit, Granny's a vampire. Yeah. So, obviously, Dago gets the stake and stabs mm-hmm. her in the heart. They rebury her. That's so wild. Didn't they also, you may speak on it here in a second, but didn't they also, like, chain put chains around the coffins and stuff. Yeah, that like, was if you showed, like, si- if you had, like, a mysterious death beforehand. They were like, chain or they were just, or something. Yeah, they would just, like, chain your coffin or whatever. Or they would, uh, when they were burying you, they would, like, con- like consecrate the ground so you mm-hmm. couldn't dig out. And But if you believe the whole graveyard, like, the holy ground thing of a graveyard, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to crawl out anyway. Right. Because they're not supposed to be able to step on it. Right. But they also, st- at this time, started putting those little bales... With a mm-hmm. string down in there to uh, let people know, like, hey, I'm alive. Yeah. Which happened a lot. Which is so scary. Can you imagine? Like, you have a really bad virus and you go into a coma and they're like, well, she hasn't moved in a while and won't wake up. So this is it. You know what I never thought of? Like, mm. I always thought that like, your nails seem like they grow because your skin recedes. Mm. But it also seems like your hair grows because that skin recedes, too gross yeah sorry hair grosses me out so i don't really feel like i need to explain premature burial because it's pretty freaking obvious yeah but just you know for the boys in the back not paying attention um many vampire legends may have also been influenced by individuals being buried alive because Mm -hmm. humans were kind of dumb yeah we just didn't know and in some cases people reported sounds emanating from a specific coffin aka I just farted out my mouth and now it sounds <laughs> so fucking weird down there. Let's dig her up. Really? I just was bloated. Yes. Or yeah. in some cases, yeah, she really was buried yeah. alive. <clears throat> my goodness. Ooh. And that's when they installed the bell system. That's when we started having grave people. You know, they'd like watch over stuff to listen yes. for the bells. Yes. And in a lot of times, not going to lie, they did not come find you. <laughs> For a very long time. Or couldn't get to you in time. You can only go without oxygen for so long. Right. And who knows how long it took you to wake up. Right. So they would bury... They would unearth these humans and open up the coffin. And there would be fingernail marks inside the coffin where people are trying to escape. In other cases, people would be just banging their heads and faces. Whatever they could to break free. And it would also look like they had been feeding once again because... There's blood all over their face. Right. So I just think that's like wild that this premature burial, because we couldn't, we didn't know how to determine that somebody was breathing. Right. And, um, another likely thing, is like the, you went through the yard or the graveyard and like you saw like something that had been like messed with, Mm -hmm. like a fresh grave that should, I mean, yeah, it's fresh, but it looks like too fresh. Right. It's grave robbery. Yeah. That's awful. But they thought that the vampire was coming in and out. So everybody was going around. They just had stakes at the ready. They were staking everything. Yeah. So. It's like hysteria. It is a mass hysteria. And another big cause was disease. Mm. So disease, obviously, at this time was just rampant. Everything could kill you at this point. And uh, we had no vaccinations or. We didn't do. Or we had no... I mean, we couldn't even tell if someone was breathing or not. Were you, are you kidding? Yeah. So, like, they thought TB, like, if you had TB, you were a vampire. Really? I guess because you were, like, coughing up blood. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. And you were pale and complexion. I, d- I didn't were... get into that too much because the diseases... It was, just like, the stupid stuff. The bubonic plague, vampirism. Yeah. Wild. Well, remember in that episode where we talked about the um, the haunted places, you know? And I covered yeah. that island that's in Italy where they would send all of the... Uh, plagued victims to the yeah. island, and I can never remember that freaking island. Name. I can't either. Um, it has a pretty name. Anyway, it's they would not a pretty place. <laughs> they would bury, or they would throw them into those pits. You know, once they passed away, and then they would claim that vampires were preying on the dead before yeah. they could burn them because yeah. there was, you know, they were still alive. That and they were, and they were you know, they they were decomposing in front of them, and they didn't know. Dude, the fact that we did not, we couldn't put two and two together. Yeah. But, like, well, Egyptians a, yeah. knew what decomposing was. Mm-hmm. They understood decomp. They understood that they, how to preserve a body and what they needed to do yeah, in order and to then, keep it preserved. Yes. And then we get... Yeah. Well, it's just, like, this mysticism that was associated with it, you know? And that they, was, like, like they a They thought very, they were, like, supernatural people. But really, I mean, it, they did believe in, like, supernatural things. Yeah. Like, let's take this out for this, this, this. Yes. But they, they understood that decomp was a thing. And they only had a certain amount of time to do this. They were just so smart. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild to think what about. What happened to us? I Freaking aliens, man. Maybe. But that is the main myths of the vampire legends. Mm-hmm. There's also the day and night thing. I don't know where that came from. Okay. I don't know who started that, That they couldn't come out in the day. I think it was from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Possibly. Um, if you guys know, messages. I didn't, I didn't even think to look at I just thought of it. Mm-hmm. But everything I read, there was like nothing. Because, you know, sick people can be out in the day. Yeah. You're not going to burst into flame. Right. But you're probably not going to be up and about. I mean, no. And you're going to look weak. But you're not going to be up and about at night either. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, Stephanie. I think if you're dying of like tuberculosis, you're pretty much bedridden. Yes. I'm not like saying that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying I can understand why why someone would try to explain something in a supernatural way. I think I have a hard time with it because I'm a more scientific human. Mm-hmm. I can relate a little bit better to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know we were just like, test the waters back then. But you know we have to breathe. It's just, it's just different, like. mysticism clouded everything that you did right i mean it was very much how you survived you just you relied on the fates right like you did all the things you could in hopes that you would survive and that when something bad happens you had to explain it you had to come up with a way to make this like this rationale isn't it weird that people were just going around staking dead bodies that's pretty wild yeah they were just like honey can you go get the steak real quick? I think Grandma's wiggling. Well, the amount of fear that these people there were living so with. There was so much fear. Yeah. Also, yeah. there was a. Now that I think about it, there was another thing I read about how people think vampires are real because people were grieving so hard, mm-hmm. they thought they saw their loved ones walking around at night. Yeah. Or was it a ghost? Or was it a vampire? Stephanie did some weird stuff. <clears throat> I wanted to find, like, different vampires in different cultures because we all know the typical vampire that is from Europe and they're beautiful, like Taylor said, and they just fit that, that like, everlasting youth thing, you know, that narrative. I that really just... think that's why it started. People were chasing everlasting youth and probably doing anything they could to, like, Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, anything they could to just maintain their looks. So I kind of ventured away from that and just wanted to figure out, like, where did the first vampire myth come from like where does this where does it start and so um you did give us a lot of information about how like you know the myths around like that european mass hysteria where everybody was I think it's just things. the more common thing yeah i'm not yeah. Gonna, you can't speak for every culture it's just the vampire myth really took hold during this that time. way yeah yeah and i understand that so this story that i'm going to give you they're called the Uh, the ikamu vampire and it's one of the oldest myths of vampires ever okay so these vampires are spirits or they're ghost-like creatures so they're not the typical you know one you would think of the ikamu were first written about in the ancient assyria in 4000 bc and it was in like a spell book and a mother had written a spell in hopes of protecting her children from this evil ikamu it's like vampire diaries letters dating back to around 1500 BC from Disrata, the king of Mitane, and Amenophis III who was the pharaoh of Egypt. I remember we talked about that in our medicine episode. Yes. He they also mentioned these ancient vampires in books that they were writing. So there was also some letters and that they have found that describe various ways in which to like kill or banish demons witches evil spirits things of that nature so these letters contain methods on how to also exercise demons which they associate with ikamu. so it's more like a demonic spirit rather than a blood sucking and rice yeah so guys read those books (laughs) the spell talks about like the only way you have to set up a ring of fire and fire and their smoke and their dark spirit will be expelled this way so this is why they think that vampires are scared of fire because of this um, method in which to rid them so the ikamu are like super bitter and they're angry and it's because they've kind of been sentenced to walk this plane forever forever and they're never able to like live you know what i mean like they're not experiencing life they're like just there. Their only purpose is to just like cause turmoil.
1: i mad about that. <clears throat> At some
0: point, you gotta make you gotta make it fun. Yeah. So they really the only pleasure they take in life is tormenting others. Like that's where they get their jollies, right? So they're capable of sucking the life out of children. That's typically what they're known for is sucking the life from children. Why just children? Uh, the, apparently it's not just children but they like children specifically and they would call them the evil wind gusts like they would say that these gusts would roll in these spirits and they would take away the life force of their children and the victims aren't just attacked once they're attacked repeatedly night after night after night after night yes like a a death eater from harry potter yes continuously just sucking your soul essentially right and they can also take possession of dead bodies or bodies they've been feeding on and they kind of act out their dark desires so this is when they would you know murder someone physically right to take on someone else's shape um that they also will leave their victims sometimes they'll just be like hey i'm gonna go do something else and the people think that they are rid of them but the Ikamu returns eventually to kill this you're never rid of them they may leave you for a time but they come back yeah perfect mm-hmm so and then this one is kind of similar to, I moved over to an African vampire myth. And these this myth is from the Ashanti people of Ghana's Gold Coast. And they have like a witch and she uses her power to like drain the energy from you, right? Um, they call this creature the Obeifo. And these creatures are witches and they're not created. They're born. They're born this way. And they can't pass this on to someone else. They just... Exist. Are. They just are who they are, right? And they're obsessed with food. They're obsessed with it. Like, it's too, all girl. they can... Yeah, for I'm real. I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they can do, right? And at nighttime, like... Or excuse me, during the day, they can look normal or behave normal or... Mm. But they're still different. But at nighttime, they have no control. Like, none. So this is when they go hunting. And again, they prey on children. I'm guessing because they're just easier um and they also preyed on crops like they would just suck the like they would reach out and just drain the life from the crops killing people in you know like you have to have food to eat and their victims take several days to pass away and they continue to visit that person again like the ikamu night after night after night okay they also have the ability to shapeshift in order to kill like the shapeshift of an animal or to disguise themselves so that they Dude, can't you're be doing too much. Yeah. Well pick if, a power. If they're attacked, then they are able to like shift into something else so that you can't recognize them or you can't like attack them. Yeah. And they're super. So these, um, Obefo, they are very similar to the Ikamu. Okay. So like, it's pretty scary. I'm right? going to tell you right now, that's more scary to me than anything yeah being able to just like no just like like um you've been marked you're marked yes. for the rest of your life yes you'll be tormented the rest of your life mm-hmm. they love and it. eventually you're gonna die probably a painful death <clears throat> yes and you never know what's coming for you no you never know you like, never know the ugh, no okay so then i got another one this one's even ugh, this one's wild so this one's from the Philippines and I'm gonna try to pronounce this name. It's I'm gonna do my best, people. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So it's Silence called the <laughs> Mananangal. There's two G's. I don't know. I try my best. So the Mananangal is a hideous Filipino mythical monster. And it's like it is nightmares, okay? Uh it is able to separate its body into two. Cool. And they're able, like, when I say separate, it's like they detach, like, their belly button. And they become, like, the top part can move independently of the bottom part. So it's walking on its hands and its legs are moving. What is the... Okay, what if the, if the legs get you? You got time. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So they're typically female. And they can fly because they have these fleshy, bat-like wings that come off the top part of their body. Yeah. And... At night, they will fly over or whatever, and they like to find people that are sleeping, and they specifically love pregnant women. Great. <laughs> and they use their tongue. This is awful. Okay. They use their tongue. It's like the ashwong. Have you ever heard of that? Well, and it's, it's the same type of creature, but they use their tongue. It's like a, a proboscis-like tongue, and it pops out, and they stick it into the abdomen of the pregnant woman and they attack the fetus. They want the the blood or the life force from the fetus. My God. Yes. So just wild. And death is, I mean, death happens for both the mother and the child. Well, yeah. Yeah. So people, there's so many that, like there's so many myths and legends. Like there's this same creature has a couple different names, but they all do the same thing. And they're all out to get mothers the right Fetus, yes they're out to get the fetus and they can just apparently they just feed on them they go through like entire villages of pregnant women just like the whole village they'll wipe out the whole like first gen i guess i don't know um is there like a protection do you put like a piece of metal around your belly no i didn't do a go pack for this i had no idea i mean Stephanie, I, you I'm... cannot sell shit like this and not have go pack prepared i mean i'm assuming you you kill it like you just stab it and it's good Maybe not cut it in half, because it'll just continue to I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thing. Like, how, if it's already separated. Remove its head. I'm burning that motherfucker. I mean, yeah. I think fire would work with just about anything. So... Mm, so I don't know. not a like demon? Like a blowtorch or something? I don't know. So, and then I kind of fell into uh, Dracula, because I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to talk about Dracula if we're talking about vampires. And I know that you also talked about Dracula. So, well, really... Well, really, <laughs> we talked about Vlad. Yeah, well, Dracula is a character, guys. Let's yes. be real. He um was based on a real human, <clears throat> obviously. Uh Vlad the Impaler. Mm-hmm. But Dracula is a character created by a writer named Bram Stoker. And I think the book came out in 18 something. It's a long it's a 1880s Very old. or 1890s and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So good I've never one. read it. I've so seen the movie. One. Oh, that's fine. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, dude. You know how many times Dad made us watch that? Yes, he loved it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's like a it's a spin on Vlad the Impaler. Obviously, Vlad was a probably really not a vampire. <laughs> no, he was a prince. He was from a the prince. 15th century. But a Warlord um, in Romania. But obviously, when you're talking about vampires, you have to talk about the OG baby. Yeah, and they, they depict him as being the original vampire. Right, and they... Because he made a deal with the devil. Supposedly, yes. And yes. Uh, I, there's just so much legend around him. There's everything. I mean, you can talk about Nosferatu as well, but that's just kind of sad, and I don't want to bring a lot to that. So um, let's talk about Vlad. So Vlad the Third, commonly known as Vlad, Vlad the Impaler, or Vlad Dracula. Yeah. <clears throat> That Dracula is not his original last name. No, so he is from Romania. Mm-hmm. So the technical, I, is it Dragul? Well, so a king. Okay, this is they have weird rules. In 1431, King Sismond of Hungary, who would later become like the Holy Roman Emperor, gave the his father this surname, which is the Order of the Dragon. Right, yeah. gave him this knightly order. And that's where that came from. So this earned him the surname Dragul, Dracul. And it just, it's an old word meaning dragon or drac. They say that. So Vlad's name was son of Dracul. And in old Romanian, it's like Dracule and, or and something his, like that. And his sons and or daughters were sons of Dracul, whatever. Yes. And his, it was very famous because he wore like armor that was bright red mm-hmm. and very scary. And had a dragon on the front of it. Yeah. I mean, he was a badass, bitch. and he had to be. Like that's another thing. It's like in this time in history, rulers had to be ruthless. Like, I'm in his in life, he went through like up. He would lose power. He would gain power. He would lose. Well, power. see, like he, when he was born, he was a second son, mm-hmm. right? So, which just means like you're not as important, right? You're not that you're not important, but you know, as long as homeboy, your older brother is still alive, we're fine. You do you, baby. Mm-hmm. But he was. Uh, still known as a voidvode of vivod of wa something like that. I don't know, it's a territory that's no longer there. That just means he's the prince of the area, yeah. And there's the prince. multiple princes of an area, mm-hmm. so I don't know who they decide actually leads. I guess who's ever still alive. Mm-hmm. His dad was also a prince. He, like, was a ruler of the area, like, three times between 1448 and his death in either 1476 Mm -hmm. or 77. Mm -hmm. His death is very weird, and so he's often considered one of the most important rulers of the area, and is a national hero hero in Romania. Yeah, Vlad, he is. Vlad the Impaler is, like... Which is wild, because, like... I guess, like, as Americans, when you hear Vlad the Impaler and all the stories surrounding him, like, they're like, he's not a good feller. Right. But I don't think we take into account, like you said, like, the times and, Mm -hmm. like, you're fighting tooth and nail just to keep Mm -hmm. your people fed and your own family fed. Like, they weren't loaded by any means. Right. I mean, he was facing the Ottoman Empire, which is, like... Like I just said, an empire and like they're invading constantly and, and it's a battle that just They're trying to take for, over the world yeah, all the time. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just never associated him with that. Did you also know he was Catholic? I did not know that, but I'm, a, I'm I kind of could make that assumption. I I just thought that was like a story for Bram Stoker because, you know. It, yeah. It fits the narrative fits of a vampire that time, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, this, it's, he's Catholic. hmm That's wild. I just don't feel like... I I just kind of did like a summation of dude's life because he has a very dramatic life. He does, yeah. (laughs) Homeboy is in war the majority of his life and it doesn't start out well from... So his dad, because he is a second son, wanted to prove his loyalty to the current sultan of the Ottoman Empire because at this point they were on good terms. So he sent his son, Vlad... And I think a few of his other, like, you know, smaller children around that age to the Ottoman Empire to be trained as soldiers. But they were captives. Interesting. And um, But they were treated pretty well, though. They, yeah, they were treated as like a guest. But they weren't allowed to do certain things. But they were... Confined. I, they were, it's very strange because apparently Vlad, the Impaler, trained with a future <clears throat> Sultan of the Ottoman Empire that he goes to fight. Interesting. They're about the same age. Right. If you ever watch the stupid movie, um, Dracula, The Story Untold, mm-hmm. they get a lot of stuff right in there. A lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. But some of the stuff kind of aligned with it because I thought that was bullshit. hmm But um, so Homeboy was raised by the Ottoman Empire, not his parents. He ne- like I think he left at like eight. It's wild. And then... <laughs> His dad and his eldest brother, who would be the, you know, would take over after his dad, are taken captive by the people of Hungary, whoever, I Mm -hmm. think that's who they are, and killed. Yep. And then he's named number one prince. He has to assume power. Of the region that he was born in. But he's still in the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. So the people of Hungary, who killed his dad and brother fucking just assign some random cousin of his and be like hey you're over there take care of it yeah and then that's it he does come back though he does come back but like years later mm-hmm. and i just can't get over that like what is happening yeah he goes through a lot of conflicts back and forth he's like incarcerated at some point he gets married he has children like stuff happens Did to you him you know that he was married ma- possibly more than once as well yeah makes sense though because i think can. he was married when he was captive at some point Yeah, so like this is what, okay, his dad and brother die. He's still with the Ottomans. At some point, he gets to go back and try to fight for his land. Right. And then there was a war. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, there's always a war for this guy. Yeah. And he eventually got to take back his rightful place as prince of his territory. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure if I did the dates right, he was at war for about 25 years. Sounds of his adult right. life. Because he only lived to be about 49 to 50. Yeah. And at some point, like Stephanie said, he gets married and has kids. Mm-hmm. And it's only listed at his one wife. Mm-hmm. But it says his first wife. So it's assumed that he has been married more than once. Mm-hmm. Or had multiple wives. Right. Which I don't think so. Because if he was Catholic, they don't believe in that. It's true. But he was raised in a different region. Yeah, I mean, that's also true. So that true. might be impactful in how so he governs his... He gets... In a, to the new Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, which is the guy he was kind of raised with, they know each other. Decides he wants to prove his wants him to prove the loyalty to, to the Ottoman Empire again. So he sends an envoy of people to take soldiers, uh, goods, you know, whatever. Because Ottoman Empire is always at war, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how they maintain maintain that emperor em, empire status. So he sends them to Vlad and vlad says fuck you Mm -hmm. we ain't doing this kills the envoy Mm -hmm. now this starts a chain of reactions that does not make vlad look great in any light because he becomes a torturer Mm -hmm. and he starts off by impaling the envoy and setting him outside his land Mm -hmm. on these giant pikes Mm -hmm. and lets them rot there for all people to see it's a message mm-hmm. and a warning like you're not gonna mess with us it's obviously gonna start another war but well vlad was known for some serious tactics so even before he starts impaling people he's he ru- fighting he, he and ruled he was like known to be a serious uh, warrior yeah he would send his men like he would he was known for like during fight fights with the ottomans they had a lot more people than he had in his you know party or whatever yeah. so he would send his men to go poison their water wells and he would also send in um diseased men who had something happening something that was highly contagious at the time send into their camps to make them all sick like yeah. he was his warfare I mean, He, he was used smart chemical warfare before it was even a thing yeah he really loved to disembowel people. He loved to hit, like behead people. He loved to boil people alive. He skinned them. The I thing mean, is, he sent he sent a message. Mhm. So when he would come on the battlefield, people were terrified to fight him and his men even mm-hmm. though they were so low in numbers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And like you said, you mentioned earlier about the, how he got his name being in the impaler or whatever. Yeah. They say anywhere between 50 to 500 men were impaled during that banquet. Like, yeah. and he stuck them out there. And if you don't know what impaling is, it's when they take a wooden or metal pole and they insert it through your genitals and pop it out your mouth, shoulders or your neck. It's not through your torso and it would take like it's depicted. Hours to do this or days for the victim to finally die depending on how they stuck it in there and like he continued like he homeboy didn't give no shits no when he when he went to war he went to war i'm gonna tell you right now the fact that he wanted to stand up to the ottoman empire Mm -hmm. and knowing that his numbers were that low Mm -hmm. just says like i don't give a fuck like i'm a badass Mm -hmm. it's also stated that They think a lot of the wars in that region that he fought in during his captivity and during all these other things would not have been won without his ruthlessness. And that's why they think of him as a hero in that area. That makes sense, you know, because he did things that other people couldn't do. And he did it through some pretty serious tactics, but he got it done. But he also ruled his people like that. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, he had no leniency from what I read. Right. Well, he was a scary dude. He had to be ruthless. Like you had to. I mean, like. I said earlier, he lost power several times. Like, it was always a fight. There was never, like, he stayed in control this entire time. But he ended up dying anyway. What I think is wild is that he went to the Hungarians and asked for aid against the Ottoman Empire. Now he had to. He didn't have the men. Yeah, the but power. they also kept him captive until he died. He ended up fighting for the Hungarians. That's how he died. Yeah. And then when he did die, like there's a legend or whatever that his head was taken and given as a trophy to the Sultan in Constantinople as a trophy. But nobody really knows what happened to the head or if it was actually his head. He doesn't have a burial site. And for that time and for his status is highly unusual and suspect. Yeah. But I think it is widely believed that because he's such a scary dude with such a like presence about him that... That's why Bram Stoker chose him as Dracula. Dracula. Like, why he decided to go after him yeah, in 20%. his story. Because, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie, or, like, and most people probably haven't read the book because it is an older book. But uh, if you ever see any of that, it's it doesn't really depict that side of it. So, I guess he doesn't really use too much of that information. Just mainly the name. Yeah, and then there's, like, mention of, like, his ruthlessness as In in his human life, but I just think it's absolutely wild that I wanted to learn about this shit in school. Yeah, that's interesting. It's fun. Like this is wild. I'd love to know that people were getting impaled, but it had nothing to do with American history. American history doesn't have anything to do with American history. I agree. I agree. Fake news. So, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) speaking of Dracula, this makes us think of Van Helsing, and I know that you wanted to share some stuff on Van Helsing. The only reason I want to talk about vampires really is because I can talk about Van Helsing, because. I love it. Yeah. I love the fact that he's the original vampire hunter, and that he was like a real person, right? Well, yeah, Van Helsing is an actual is also a character created by Bram Stoker. He is the um, rival of Dracula, but mm-hmm. he was based on an actual human. So, in the book, Van Helsing is the arch nemesis of Count Dracula, and he pretty much just does everything in his power to try to kill Dracula. He tries to get all these folks, like, hey. This guy's going to eat you. Mm-hmm. Let's kill him. Yeah. So, he also fights other monsters. Too, yeah. Right? He's a monster hunter. So mm-hmm. he was really famous and um, widely known in the book because of all of his degrees and all this other kind of shit. I mean, that doesn't really matter. He's not real. But the guy was actually based on a man or a pastor, excuse me, oh, named. really? Yeah. He was a Lutheran pastor named George Andreas Hewling. Or Hellwing. Excuse me. Hellwing. Oh. <laughs> Can't read. <laughs> he was alive from 1666 to 1748, which seems like a really long life. Yeah. Um. He had some writings that, that were found that described during an epidemic of the bubonic plague, like I said earlier, that was thought to be vampirism as well, Um. that he fought to expose vampires really yeah he was the guy like hey that guy over there moaning and groaning because his gas is coming out he's not dead he's a vampire what yeah there was a pastor out there just uh giving last rites so, and stabbing people in the heart for no reason <laughs> so that guy like he really thought they were vampires and he was killing he was hunting them yeah he also suggested to the people of the area to keep stakes at hand and to stab everybody, pretty much. What? I mean, I'm sh- pretty sure it's not like that. How cool, though! But that he, he's based on an actual human. Yeah, he came from a small town of Wergezewo. I don't know where that is. He was uh, not only a clergyman but also a physician, so that gave him even more accreditation to be talking about vampires. Because you know, I mean, that really plays along with. Van Helsing. Yeah. I mean, that seems like he just took that man's life and just wrote about it. He also took an interest in botany and natural sciences and tried to create a lot of like natural cures for a lot of things. He was a very intelligent person for the time. Which makes sense as to why Van Helsing in the book is so like, he's so intelligent. Yeah. He's He's like beyond intelligent. Makes everybody else look like idiots. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because Hellwing is um, telling peasants to stab dead bodies. Truth. And he's smart. He's the smart guy. Well, of the time he's the smart one of the time, you know. He's like grab your stakes and pitchforks. We're going. We're going. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> so, he was also a very well-traveled pastor. Um, he traveled to places like uh sorry, the Netherlands and stuff like that, which is based on Van Helsings homeland. Mhm he spent a lot of time there i guess spreading his vampire joy uh, he also studied other cryptids it wasn't just vampires either oh he just took an interest in all things just, you know supernatural yeah it was just which is weird for a pastor i think I, I think it is yeah it's very strange yeah so um he made several acquaintances there and i think that's how his story got spread because yeah. this is how Everything was word of mouth. We didn't have cell phones, so hell, there was barely a paper. And if there was a paper, nobody could read. That's true. I don't understand how it got to uh, Bram Stoker hearing about this guy. Well, if he was a well-known physician and he was he was providing I don't know the if service, he was so well-known at that time. Well, somebody was documenting his actions. Maybe he wrote a book about himself. He wrote several books. Well, he had probably, several yeah. published things. But again, we didn't. You know, it's not like. Information wasn't as easy to attain as it is today. Yeah. But I do think it's funny that Bram Stoker named him Van Helsing, and this guy's name is Hellwing. It's pretty close. It's not that different, in my opinion. <laughs> Silly boy. But whenever you watch Dracula, you're probably going to do it after listening to this, if you know, what you're, you know what's good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also a better version with Hugh Jackman, if you're into that. <laughs> <laughs> every character in there is hot to me so yes. go for it um now you know that these are actually based on real people this you know yeah. there's some fact to the myth mhm and this whole vampire legend thing there are so many different stories and takes on vampirism and it's not just the typical one that we think of it's so, not just the bram stoker's dracula so is it so a legend much. or it's true you talk about it enough it becomes real i know oh i've got some american situations so i want to talk about i couldn't really find anything um i just wanted some old ones you know like to fit this whole situation that we're working with here yeah so i found the carter brothers and so this is in uh, louisiana in new orleans and the year is 1932 love it yep a young girl storms down royal street as she was she's visibly panicked obviously her stride broken only by the diligent interception of a police officer. I don't believe that. (laughs) So she says that two brothers had tied her up with several other victims. Okay. And had held her captive and they were drinking their blood. Yeah. So the girl says that she was able to escape because her captors just like forgot to secure her ropes. Like, She was able to like get out of them or whatever. And the police were like, what are you talking about? They did not believe her at all. To be fair, Stephanie, I think I would have a hard time too. Yeah, well, the, the police agreed to follow her back to where she came from. And it's at the the corner of Royal and Street St. Anne. Excuse me. I don't know. Once the police and the girl arrived at the home, which was like owned by the Carter brothers, they were horrified to find, just like the girl had said, there were four other victims. They were half dead. They had been tied to chairs and they were all sitting in one room together. All of the victims had their wrists wrapped with bandages and they were like, fresh like there was fresh blood like it had continuously been happening two bodies were wrapped in blankets and they were tucked away in another room these were dead people and there was like this odor of like the whole house the whole apartment smelled like death like there were lots of people passing away here like this wasn't the first time so the the brothers had just like left early and they left right before daybreak and they returned every evening after dark Creepy. Uh huh. And immediately when they returned, they would take the bandages off of their wrists. Using a knife, they would open the wounds until the blood flowed freely from the victim's cuts. They caught the blood in cups and they would drink until they were full. I feel like that would take a lot of blood. The brothers would then redress the wounds with a fresh bandage. They would... They spoke hardly at all. And they gave really no concern for their victims' well-beings. They essentially kept them like cattle. Like, they just treated the wounds so that they could continue to drink. Without drinking infection. Right. And they would also, like... When they say they let the blood run... Like, they wanted all of the coagulation to pass before they drank from them. Yeah. And they... They knew they would die eventually, and they just stored them when they died. They just put them in another room. Just wrapped them up and put them over there. So they didn't know that this girl had escaped. And their names were John and Wayne Carter, the Carter brothers. And they just continued doing what they normally did. So this time, the police waited for the brothers to return. And they were taken. They were captured or whatever. The cops got them. And when they were apprehended, they said... I did it. They confessed immediately. Yes, we've been drinking their blood. Yes, we need to be killed. We need to be stopped. That's what they said. They said, if you let us go, we would continue. And the authorities thought that they were vampires. Like they believed they were vampires. And they knew if they released them, they were going to keep killing people. And so they just kept saying, it's beyond my control. We can't stop. We don't know what else to do. We can't stop feeding on people. And... They, they were, give a reason why? They were tried as serial killers. They just said they couldn't control it. They had this need. And they were executed. Weird. Mm-hmm. How were they like executed traditionally? It didn't say. I would have I'm sure they were hanged. All. Something like hung. that. Hung. Hanged? Or they hanged? hung? I don't know. They were hung up. Ugh. Anyway. So I got another one. This this one's my favorite. It's like my favorite little story. <laughs> yeah, it's called The Casket Girls. A lot of people have probably like the heard Hex of them. Girls? No, not the Hex Girls. Those are your favorite. Not mine. <laughs> That's <Those are> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so this happens in New Orleans. And back in the day in New Orleans, uh, before it was purchased by the United States, it was owned by France. And they didn't Man, have a lot. These French bitches. I swear to goodness. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of women in the time. Okay. So, or in the place. Like, they didn't have a lot of, they couldn't make babies. They needed more people. i was just... France didn't have a lot of women. Not France. (laughs) New Orleans didn't have a lot. I'm sorry. Sorry. That should have been more clear. So the king of France said that he's going to send some young, fresh looking ladies to the colony. Okay. And they were going to be educated at the Ursuline convent and they would be made worthy women, wives and mothers disgusting yes so they totally did this they sent these women for that purpose and they were in fact just there to become wives and mothers like that's the whole thing and this ursuline convent that was her job and so these girls are sent to this location or whatever and they were called the casket girls and they were called this because they were only allowed to bring with them what would fit in a trunk sometimes they would call that a casket which i didn't know so, they would call it that. And when, at this time, like, if they didn't have a trunk or a chest, they might use a coffin if that's all they had. And they would fill it full of their belongings. Honestly, I mean, that's that's probably the best way to go. Because if you die on the way, at least you've got somewhere to get buried in. Yeah. Yeah. So, the girls were orphans, and they typically came from, like, lower lower class or impoverished places, you know. And they didn't really have a dowry or anything like that. And then they were also... So when they came, they had not; they didn't have a lot. So that's why they thought, like, that's the reason why the caskets were empty or the boxes were empty is because the they had king nothing. The king of France was killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, he was clearing out people from... He was like, oh, these unwanted youths. Yes, we're sending them to New Orleans. He's probably taking the boys for the war, and the girls mm-hmm. to the convents. Mm-hmm. Good for them. So him. the girls were super pale. They were malnourished. They were sickly. And this can be attributed to the conditions that were on the boat. But... They continued to stay that way as they lived there. They never changed. They always looked sickly. They always looked gaunt. Like, they never really got lively, I guess. Well, if you're malnourished Mm -hmm. your whole life, it's kind of hard to reverse it. Yeah. So, they were sent, and those who survived the journey, because some did die on the ship, they were sent to the convent, and they were nursed back to health, and they were educated by the nuns until husbands were found for them. Okay? So one detail is that these were actual vampires so this is what they're saying they're like this was an entire cover-up for vampires to come into new orleans and they were supposed to take over the new world well they were just that's how they got them in they were like we're gonna send them to the convent (laughs) so some stories some people say that they were told to never open these caskets never open them ever like you're not allowed don't do it and they were stored in the attic and they were kept away. And when they opened these, they were empty, typically, which was weird. Like, they were, just, it was just strange. Everything's really weird. And there was a legend in that these vampires just wanted to, like, get out of the old world and travel to the new world, right? And in order to raise their numbers, they had to hide themselves. So they would be shipped out, hidden in these caskets, under this false pretense that they were traveling with these girls, right? And that they were just their luggage but really there were vampires hidden and some say that like they slept like they would leave or whatever like these men would come and like try to find wives and they were these women were never suitable because they just didn't look the way they wanted them to look or act the way they wanted them to act but really these women were just like bait yes yes i love that Mm -hmm. i love this yeah Yeah. kill them all Mm -hmm. slay your enemies slay your enemies <laughs> and so the old Ursuline convent still stands and it operates today as a museum so you can go there and they still have caskets in their attic like supposedly the original caskets that were possibly full of bodies coming to the new world or they were just full of underwears bloomers bloomers we don't know anyway guys that's the end of this episode so make sure you reach out to us with any spooky topics you might want to talk about in the spooky season we may or may not use them, but, uh, if we don't use them right now or you don't hear it immediately, it's not like we're not going to use them. Mm-hmm. It's just stored for a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, also if you would like any merchandise or merch, cause apparently <laughs> we're not selling cups. Um, <laughs> dude, we should make coffee cups. Oh my God. Yes. Wine glasses. <sighs> rip baby yes. anyway um reach out to us let us know give us some design ideas you know what would you th- like to see yeah in the world mm-hmm. from the sisters what would you like to see us <laughs> do what do you expect from us <laughs> all right guys we'll see you next time bye, bye. bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets and our Facebook page, sisterhood of secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets one at Gmail. Don't forget to like, and subscribe Bye for real.